Dog Works Radio is sponsored by Alaska Dog Works. Check out their website at alaskadogworks.com. Our guest today is Dave Westwood. He is the co-founder of Sleepy Paws Pet Care, an award-winning pet sitting company based out of suburban Philadelphia. They have been featured on Good Day Philadelphia along with several other media outlets. They have been multiple-time nominees for Best Pet Sitting and Best Dog Walker on the Philly A-List, winning runner-up in 2016 and 2017. Dave is also the host of the podcast Pet Care Rockstars that debuts in July. Check it out, and here's the show. From Dog Works Radio Network, sponsored by Alaska Dog Works, Professional Canine Training Center in Anchorage, Alaska. This is the Dog Works Radio Show. Committed to families and their dogs to build lifelong and fulfilling relationships. Visit our website at dogworksradio.com. Dog Works Radio is part of the one and only 24-hour internet radio network dedicated to dogs. Now, here are your hosts, Robert and Michelle Forto. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Robert Forto and you're listening to Dog Works Radio here on Radio Free Palmer, KVRF 89.5 in the Matsu Valley. And we can be heard at dogworksradio.com. Make sure you check us out on social media. And today we have a guest calling in from the Philadelphia area. His name is Dave Westward. Dave, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Thanks for having me, Robert. It is a beautiful day up here in Alaska. What is the weather like over there in Philly? little cloudy, but very nice out for a change. Excellent. So at least it's not raining. Excellent. So, Dave, I know the, that the listeners heard an intro here at the beginning, but can you, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're all about, please? Yeah, sure. Uh, like you said, my name's Dave Westwood. Uh, I am the co-owner, along with my wife, of Sleepy Paws Pet Care. Uh, we're based in suburban Philadelphia, and we've been in business about 10 years. And uh, we've won several awards throughout our journey. Uh, we've been featured on uh, Fox 29 in Philadelphia for the business. And um, right now I'm going to be starting up a podcast in July uh, called Pet Care Rockstars, which is going to feature other pet professionals. And in fact, you and I, uh, spoiler alert, uh, did an interview for my podcast, which will be airing as part of that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing some of your episodes as well. We were out in the Philadelphia area last summer for podcast movement, and it was my first time back in that area of the country in a long time. What a city. How are uh, pet pet businesses doing in that locale, that part of the country? They're doing phenomenal. In fact, I was actually a podcast movement myself. Uh, that's kind of ironic. Um, but... In terms of the pet business in the Philadelphia area, it, it is just booming, um, you know, not only in the city, but in the suburbs as well. Uh, you have a lot of commuters going into the city. Um, that, that's kind of our target niche. Um, out here, uh, we're probably about 45 minutes to an hour outside of Philadelphia West. And we obviously get a ton of people going on vacation this time of year so. Uh, business is booming, we're expanding, and life is good. 
Excellent. So I understand that you operate a pet sitting company called Sleepy Paws Pet Care. And I definitely want to talk about that in just a second. But of course, we want to talk about your new podcast as well, which is debuting in July, as you mentioned. For folks that may not know much more than the typical advertisement for a pet sitter, what are the nuts and bolts of your business? Well, uh, we have three basic components. Uh, the first is traditional pet sitting. So you go away on vacation. Uh, we go out to the house um, for dogs. It would be typically three times a day. Make sure they get fed. Make sure they go for a walk or if they have a big yard, go in the yard um, and, and get the companionship that they need because uh, obviously they can get lonely uh, for cats. Um making sure, obviously, they get fed as well, but also cleaning the litter boxes uh, so the owners don't come back to a smelly house. Um, the second component is daily dog walking, and that's a big part of our business. So when people are out working during the day, uh, as I mentioned, we have a lot of commuters going into uh, Philadelphia and some of the other suburban uh, business hubs, so they need daily dog walking Um you know, a lot of long days. <laughs> so uh, these people, you know, want to make sure their dogs get a potty break somewhere in between. And um, not every pet sitting company does it, but we actually do overnight visits as well. Where, you know, we'll, we'll sleep over their house and sleep with the dog. Um, and, uh, you know, that's fun as well. <laughs> you know, although, although I honestly, I don't market as, as much as I should. Uh, just because I do like sleeping in my own bed at night. Of course. And as as you know, I'm sure, Dave, the the pet industry is just a booming industry. There are so many options available out there from everything from, as you mentioned, daily walks up to training and sports and working dogs and the like. And especially in the last few years, you've seen a real – push for pet sitting with uh, release with apps from Rover and, and things like that. They're, they're everywhere on social media. How do you guys compare to a service like that, which I'm sure a lot of people have seen an ad for? Well, I think Rover and Wag, uh, you know, they, I look at them as more of a technology company, <laughs> you know, uh, through the use of apps and, and, and we have our own app as well. Uh, um, however, with Rover and Wag, uh, you tend they're, they're independent contractors. They're not employees of either of these organizations. Uh, you know, I'm not sure of the vetting process, but I, I do know just kind of reading the news. Um, there, there's been a lot of horror stories uh, with regards to uh, Rover and Wag and some of the things that have happened uh, when uh, people that are doing care through those apps um, have done jobs. Um, again, I can't speak to the veracity of either of those companies. Um, but again, you know, when you're basically, you know, it's like Uber for pet sitting, right? You know, Uber's great until you have a bad experience. And if your pets are your babies, um, you do want someone that you know coming in your house. You're, you're trusting them not only with your most prized possession, being your pet, uh, but also being in your house and uh, having the keys to your house. So um, I think using a local pet sitter, um, and we still are family owned, even though we've gotten much bigger over the years. Um, you know, I think that goes a long way. And I, and I think that's something that gives our clients peace of mind, um, at least knowing that 
they can speak with the owner. Um, whereas Rover and Wag, you're definitely not going to get that personalized attention. You know, Dave, you brought up a great point about uh, that vetting process, and you had also mentioned that uh, for for many people, their dogs are part of the family, which is a very, very important component to the relationship that you're trying to establish with your clients. How invested are the clients in that when they call you up, Dave, and they say, hey, I have my dog Max and, you know, we, we work nine to five in the city and I would like him to, to go out once or twice. When they call you up, what type of questions are they asking you and what are they really looking for in those answers? Um, I, I think a lot of it, you know, some of it is to give them peace of mind, um, are you bonded? Are you insured? Uh, how long are you going to spend with my pet? Uh, what is your routine? Um, what sort of update processes do you have? Uh, like we have GPS tracking, we have um, other methods of updating our clients. So um, I, I think a lot of it gets around to peace of mind with the clients. Um, you know, of course, there's other considerations such as cost right um and i think uh every person's different so yeah you're gonna have different levels of questioning different levels of anxiety amongst the owners um you know some people have used pet sitting and dog walking services for years others uh this is their first time so uh just like i kind of explained it to you um being able to articulate that to a client as well and really giving them peace of mind that, that you know, their pets are going to be taken care of while they're, while they're at work or while they're away. You brought up a, a, a cool piece of um, technology that you use, you use with the GPS tracking. I've seen that uh, on social media, how other dog walkers or pet sitters are utilizing that. I'm sure that's cool for the clients to see, okay, yeah, Max is, you know, he's on Third uh, Avenue right now and, and, you know, he's, he's, he's out there for an hour. How do you utilize that and what type of technology do you use? Um, you know, we, we have a, software and it's you know it's outsourced uh, it's called leash time uh there are quite a number of them out there uh there's actually a really good one that i'm looking at <laughs> separate from this um but um you know we've used leash time for years and you know how we use it uh, it it's really an all-in-one solution not only in terms of the tracking for the clients but it's a scheduling client, um, you know, we can pull payroll reports, we can pull uh, financial reports and things like that. Um, and, you know, for us, it, it really kind of serves the purpose uh, for what we use it for. Um, but again, just like the clients can check on us, uh, we always have our schedules at our fingertips. Uh, so, you know, it's important, especially as you're growing and you're scaling, you don't want to miss an appointment. <laughs> so ha having that uh, ready is pretty crucial. Right. And, and you had mentioned that that, uh, that technology use is, is um, sort of one size fits all for you as a business owner. I can imagine, Dave, that there are times where you may never see your client after 
after that initial meeting or that initial phone call because you're you're there when they're not. So I I assume that you can use that technology for billing and for texting and whatnot. Is that a common occurrence where you may never see your clients? It's just kind of over over their iPhones or whatever. Oh, absolutely. Um, I can tell you there are times we've gone out in public and the clients or even the pet will recognize us or we recognize the pets and, um, or sometimes the client will not be with their pet and recognize us. And we're like, Oh, we have no idea who this person is. So, you know, you kind of get that awkward conversation until you, you kind of figure it out. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very rare that you actually see the client, um, apart from, um, the, the initial meet and greet. So my next question is a little bit about your business. I You had mentioned that it's a family-owned business, a rather small business, but Philadelphia and the surrounding area is quite large. I can only envision you just driving around pulling your hair out in Philadelphia traffic from one client to another. Can you kind of give us a day in the life of you as a, a pet-sitting professional? How many employees do you have? Uh, how spaced out are your clients? What is your day like? Yeah, for us, I mean, right now it, it does kind of vary, and I think one of our expansion plans does include bringing on more staff. Uh, because we are in the suburbs, um, our geography definitely is more spread out than your typical pet sending company in the city. And, uh, you know, I think that's something that's kind of hindered our expansion uh, just because, yeah, you're, you're driving everywhere. You're not doing pack walks. Um, like, like someone maybe in center city, Philadelphia, um, you know, but typically, I mean, we start our days at, you know, 6 AM, 6 to 7 AM. Um, you know, we'll do our morning daily walks, you know, if we have vacation clients, um, our cat clients, depending on the geography and other circumstances, we try and sandwich them in. Uh, between those morning visits and our midday dog walking. Um, after that, you generally have a lull. You, you know, you'll have your daily dog walking plus that afternoon walk for vacations. Um, once in a while, a dinner visit, but generally not. Um, and then, you know, any evening visits that you have. Um, you, you know, in terms of employees, I mean, we've had as few as two or three. We've had as many as 10. So it, it really kind of varies. Um just depending on season, uh, depending on just where we are staffing wise and, uh, you know, other factors. Right. And, and as, as you'd mentioned, you have sort of that three time a day process. You'd mentioned that morning, that afternoon and potentially evening. What is a, a day like, including all of that uh, business part of that you have to do with the marketing and the advertising and the books? Are you one of those guys that's burning the midnight oil way up well into the evening and then jumping up first thing in the morning to get those early walks in as well? Yeah, I, you know, I definitely, uh, you know, will <laughs> work more than my share of hours. Um, you know, there is stuff that we outsource and that that definitely takes the burden off of us. Um, and, it, and it's always a process as we expand our business, you know, we tend to outsource more stuff and, you know, but at the same time, you're still kind of working, uh, the, the same number of hours, even if you're doing different type duties. 
It is a never-ending job, isn't it, Dave? Uh, that the the life of a a pet <laughs> business owner. I tell people all the time when they're interested in getting involved with this business, you have to be willing to commit to doing things when everybody else is doing something else, and that that includes uh, working weekends and holidays and and all of that as well, because you're taking care of the dogs or or the pets when other people can't, and that's that's sort of our job in our industry, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's why, quite frankly, there are a lot of pet-sitting businesses that don't last because, um, you know, if they can't make that transition from sole proprietor uh, to having a staff, they end up getting burned out because they're not getting vacations, because they're not taking off holidays, because they're working 15-hour days. Um, It's not easy because, you know, again, you're – you know, you're not just taking care of your existing clients. If you're growing your business, you're also meeting with new prospective clients. You're doing other marketing. Um, there, there's definitely a lot involved in, in the entire process, as you know, as a, as a business owner. And that leads us right into our next segment here, which is your podcast that you're going to call Pet Care Rockstars, which is debuting, debuting in July. And it's all about... Uh, movers and shakers in the pet industry, and I'm sure that will include trainers and dog walkers and pet sitters and uh, maybe actors and all sorts of different types of rock stars in our industry. So, Dave, let's jump into that. Let's talk about uh, the podcast space. Do you have experience with this? Is this something new that you're testing out? How in the world did you get involved with this? Well, um, I love listening to podcasts, first of all, uh, like we kind of alluded to at the top of the show i you know i was at podcast movement in philadelphia as well um i did do a podcast uh several years back uh it was called new and noteworthy and uh basically we did it we did about 40 shows and um there's probably still some stuff on youtube um i I do still have the website active although the hosting is not so uh you know the links to the shows are not up there um, it, it, that's one of my to-do projects in my spare hour. Um, but I loved doing that podcast. I really did. Um, you know, but, um, I think as you know, it, it can be a bit of a, uh, drain between editing and posting and a lot of the other things around podcasting. It's not just, Hey, you know, just get on the phone with somebody and record an episode. Uh, there's a lot more to that. And, um, you know, I found that, Hey, I don't, I don't know what my end game is here. So I concluded the podcast and, but I'll tell you what, I made some great contacts, many of whom I'm still in touch with today. And, um, but you know, one thing about podcasting is you want to find your niche and something that, um, you, have some expertise around and something that uh, you can kind of niche in, so to speak. Uh, So that's why I kind of zoned in on the pet care industry. Um, I think there's some things where um, I I do have a ton of contacts in this business and uh, through Facebook groups and networking and other things that uh, I I think I, I can bring a very compelling point of view, not just for myself, but, from the people that I can bring aboard. And like I said, it's going to be a pretty diverse um, group. We're going to have trainers, uh, 
such as yourself. We're going to have groomers. We're going to have other pet care um, related people, you know, whether it's social media or software or you know, really anything to help a someone getting into this industry, A, know what they're getting into, but also how to start the business, how to grow the business and, and, and how to scale it and, and do it in a way where, you know, they're kind of avoiding some of the pitfalls that probably you have <laughs> had to go through and what I've had to go through. Right. You know, so, um, you know, we have a bunch of interviews lined up and some that we've already recorded. Um, we are going to be launching next month, as you mentioned. And, and, you know, the important part is, as you mentioned, find your niche and definitely talk about something that you know. And being a pet business owner, you know those those ins and outs, those pitfalls, those highs, those lows that it takes to to really get out there and get after it. So it's my understanding, Dave, that your podcast will be a relatively narrow niche in that you're going after uh, an audience of pet care professionals themselves rather than, you know, the typical pet, pet owner or dog owner and the like, right? Uh, yeah, I would definitely say so. Um, so, yeah, you're right. We're narrowing down that niche. But I think um, also, though, there are a lot of pet owners um, that end up starting their own businesses because they do have that love for animals. Uh, I, I think that's probably how a lot of us have started our business. Um because we, we love animals, we've taken care of animals, and we say, hey, how can we turn that from just being pet owners to pet professionals? So hopefully we do get some you know, people that are not necessarily in an industry, but ones that are thinking about, hey, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can make some money and make this a living uh, because, you know, it's, this economy is tough. <laughs> you know, I do think uh, we talked about Uber and some of these other things before it's a side hustle economy. So, you know, getting, um, you know, I think people have more and more of an interest in um, businesses that, you know, they can at least start from their home. Um, you know, and, and we do have uh, people who do a brick and mortar, um, on this podcast, you know, as well. Um, so it's not just, um, you know, my office is in my house, but that's not going to be the case with everybody I interview. Right. So Dave, you had mentioned that you talked or you had hosted a podcast, uh, a little earlier in your career, you t I believe you had called it new and noteworthy. And I love talking about nuts and bolts of things. We have a lot of authors on, a lot of filmmakers, uh, you know, a lot of creative type folks and definitely podcasters fit in that into that niche. We have been on the in the podcasting space for about 10 and a half years now, and I have seen such a major shift in the way that podcasts are consumed. And I'm sure you've seen the same thing. And I would love to get your take on a couple of these things. You know, today you see everybody walking down the street with headphones in, their ear pods or, or whatever. Uh, you, you hear about people listening to podcasts in their car versus regular radio. Podcasts are exploding all over uh, the media, you know, shows like Serial and, and, and things like that are just really uh, capturing people's attention. Since you've been on the on the air or on online with your podcast, 
before, what have you seen the biggest change and how are you going to deal with that now as, as a, 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 um, a returning podcaster when your show launches in July? Um, well, I think there are more players in the podcasting space, uh, you know, Spotify, uh, Google, uh, iHeartRadio, radio.com, you know, uh, you know, whereas prior to this, um, you know, you, you were mainly on iTunes and Stitcher or Blog Talk Radio. They, they were kind of like the, the big players. Um, like you said, now more and more people have an awareness of podcasts, um, you know, whether it's yeah, jogging down the street or whether they're have, a, have an hour and a half commute to work and they're listening to it, uh, you know, over their car, you know, through Bluetooth. Um, so, you know, I think for me, um, you know, understanding that uh, there are more avenues to get the word out there. Um, you know, I think social media uh, also plays a huge role in that. And I think, you know, stuff like this, we're just getting on someone else's show and exposing their audience to my niche. <laughs> you know, So I, I think those are some of the things I'm doing different. Uh, before it was just kind of like, hey, let's throw it out there. And, you know, I didn't have much of a plan. You know, there was not much of a launch plan at all. Um, again, I was able to set up a ton of interviews and have a lot of fun, but, <laughs> you know, there was no end game to it. Um, you know, like, I think here having the right niche and, you know, having a relatively narrow field. Um, there are definitely some, you know, pet care related podcasts out there. Um, but again, it's, it definitely appeals to a, um, you know, more narrow niche than what I was doing before, which was really just spotlighting new podcasters of every niche. <laughs> so, right. um, you know, so I think that's where I'm going to, kind of do things a little bit differently this time around. So speaking of that and sort of that narrow niche that you talked about, it's something I think about all the time. You had mentioned also earlier about having that end game and being that part of the process with so much uh, media taking place now, whether it be podcasts or other forms of media that people are consuming. When you're thinking about that person that is listening to podcasts and they're listening to, you know, the most popular shows, whether it be NPR or Serial or, you know, All Things Considered or any of those, how are you going to attract those clients that are in our industry so, so that they listen to your show compared to some of the popular ones that, that may not have anything to do with the pet industry at all, but that's what their friends are listening to. And that's what, you know, that's, that's sort of the buzz. How are you going to get them to listen to your show over some of the bigger players in the industry? Well, that's a great question, and I think that's a million-dollar question that probably every podcast of course. <laughs> runs across, right? Um, it, you know, I, I, if I had the answer to that, uh, I, I'd have the next serial out there. But um, I, I do think, again, having an end game in mind and, and really not concerning myself with being mainstream, because you're right, not everybody's Joe Rogan. Not everybody can put a serial type podcast out there. Um, and, and, you know, now you're seeing, um, to your point, you know, celebrities. I know I just listened to a Dr. Phil podcast that he has, you know, so he, even like 
you know, some of the celebrities you see in the mainstream are putting podcasts out. It, it's tough to compete with them. Um, you, you really just have to have your own niche um, and, and hope uh, that, you know, the great thing is, um, you know, I know at the developers conference uh, last week, iTunes just or Apple just rolled out a bunch of new categories uh, related to podcasts. So hopefully, um, in terms of that, that would get us some more exposure. Um, I think you probably know that's, you know, you have to be on iTunes, and that's kind of the place where people are going to find you. So um, really just, you know, again, it's like just building your own business. You know, you're beating the pavement and doing the things you need to do to get to the audience you want to reach. Um, and a lot of that is grassroots, whether it's marketing your podcast through Facebook groups or even doing sponsored posts or, you know, other things to get uh, that out in front of people. Um, you know, uh, I, I think it's, it's tough to compete with those ones that are getting two and three million downloads a week, <laughs> but you know, I, I will be perfectly happy to just take a fraction of that. Um, I think it's just like the pet business. Um, there's enough dogs and cats out there for everybody. So competition is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, and I think in the podcasting space, it's pretty similar in that regard. Um, I think there's different niches and different podcasts and enough listeners that most people can get their share if they do the marketing right. Right. You you brought up so many good points there. You could do a bullet list of, of how to to really attack a podcast by what you said, that marketing, that in game, that niche, all of those are just points that you can kind of just tick off and work your way through. Uh, Dave Westward is our guest today. He is the host of an upcoming show called Pet Care Rockstars, which is debuting in July of 2019. We'll figure out how people can listen to it in just a second. But you're also uh, the owner of Sleepy Paul's Pet Care. So my last, I have actually two questions for you, Dave, before we end. My first one is, what's going to be new or or upcoming and exciting for your pet business aside from the podcast? And then I would like to end the show today on if you could give somebody a piece of advice that's going into our industry, what would that be? So you can answer either one uh, as you wish, but uh, let's end on those, please. So, um, so what's next for Sleepy Paws Pet Care? Um, I, you know, we're definitely looking at an expansion throughout the suburban Philadelphia area. Um, I, I do have some target uh, areas lined up um, in the process of kind of putting together some infrastructure pieces that would not only solidify our existing territory, but give us the freedom to branch out. Um, that, that's been, I think, one of our struggles. Um, you know, as an entrepreneur, um, I, I am just as guilty as everybody else is having that, oh, look, squirrel type moment where, you know, I'm just like, you know, not focused on one thing, but focused on 20 things and then none of them get done. So, um, you know, we have a very intentional game plan to expand the business uh, throughout the Western and Northern Philadelphia suburbs and possibly even into the city, <laughs> you know, but I think that's more of a long way, uh, long way ahead. 
Um, with regard to starting the pet sitting business, um, I, I think, you know, for us, it was getting a website. I, 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 I cannot emphasize that enough. I, you know, there are people, I do a ton of networking within Facebook groups and people are like, Hey, I, I can't get business. I'm trying to put up flyers and putting business cards in pet stores and going to doctor's offices. Um, and that stuff's all great. Um, but you know, that, that, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of energy. And, and quite frankly, a lot of cost if you're printing out flyers and doing other things, and just gas, you know, driving around, um, you know, whereas having a website is really the, the backbone of really any business in 2019. I, I, we would not have a business if we didn't have a website. So, um, you know, but if, you know, for those that do have a website, I would say work on your infrastructure so that you can scale. Um, you know, that, that would be my advice. Great advice. And, you know, you had mentioned your, your old podcast uh, that you did several years ago and, and not having that website up anymore and the hosting uh, expiring or whatever. But having that website is so important. It is it is the backbone. It is where people are going to find you. And this, in this ever-connected world that we live, that's how folks are doing business today. We had mentioned at the top of the show that you're running your business from from technology. You're, you're taking payments and you're scheduling clients and people are following what you're doing with their dogs on GPS and all of this is technology related on such an old business. Dog walkers or, or pet sitters have been around for years, but nowadays uh, the game is changing with the uh, with the technology that is developing. And it sounds like you're utilizing it to the best of your ability. So I know we're going to put a lot of show, uh, uh, links in our show notes, Dave, but ha what is the best way folks can find your business, but also reach out to you personally. Are you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, where? I am on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. So if you search Dave Westwood, <laughs> you know, you can find me there. Um, with regard to the business, uh, you can just search Pet Care Rockstars on any of those platforms. So e either way. And you mentioned, so our, our old website is actually still up. It's newandnoteworthy.net. And uh, the website's still up, but if you click on any of the links to listen to the shows, they are not active. Gotcha. Um, but we do have a YouTube channel, and we will be having a YouTube channel for the new podcast as well. Excellent. Dave, it's my pleasure and to you have you. you find that at Pet Care Rockstars. It's my pleasure to have you here on DogWorks Radio. I'm glad that we were able to connect. Oh, we're about... 5,000 miles away, but have very similar goals and very similar businesses and what we're trying to do and who we're trying to reach. So thank you again for being on. I'll be sure to promote your new show when it drops in July. It was my pleasure to be on and hopefully we can continue this uh, relationship in the, in the future. And like you said, networking is key, especially in the pet industry. Dave, thanks a lot for being on today and have a good one. Did you know that Alaska Dog Works trains service dogs for those in need throughout North America? Each and every service dog that is trained through the Lead Dog Service Dog Program and Michelle Fordow and her team has an individual training plan. We train for autistic, mobility, psychiatric, and PTSD for our soldiers for service work. 
If you know of someone that may need a service dog, please take a moment and check out Alaska Dog Works on social media and at alaskadogworks.com.